Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, you are in for a real treat. We have Susie Severa. Uh, she is from the UK and she just got started investing over a year ago and just closed on her first deal, which is an 88 unit apartment complex, not in her local town, but overseas, right? Lives in UK and made it happen in the United States. So I think we covered a lot of great insight and tips and strategies on how to not only get involved in investing, but get involved in investing in a very, very hot market, quite honestly. So we go through that very specifically, what she did literally A to Z on how she made that happen in, in a year's time frame. Exactly. And besides this like specific steps that she took, this is, this is a mindset uh, episode for you too, because uh, we hear a lot that people need to start by wholesaling or single family. Susie went through like multifamily right away, and she's going to share with you the thought process behind it. Uh, she came across real estate in the midst of uh, the pandemic, so she did not wait years and years to gain all the knowledge in order for, uh, for her to start pulling the trigger. So this is a very great episode for you guys that are looking to get started in a multifamily and are procrastinating. She really shares this step-by-step step, and her story is really special. Enjoy the app. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that time is running out and you just have three weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your ticket, go to investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investhercon.com, promo code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. Hey everyone, this is Liz. And this is Andressa. We are so excited to announce that our virtual summit is coming up on June 12th. Woo! This is our second <laughs> This is our second annual virtual summit and it's more than a summit. This is going to be an absolute experience to 
to be part of because we are not just going to be, you know, planning speakers, amazing speakers, by the way, but we're going to be doing so much more than that. Uh, I want to really highlight that we're focused on three pillars, giving you content and, and information around real estate investing, around business, and around mindset and self-care are three pillars of what we do in the investor organization. Not only do we have an amazing kind of speaker lineup that's covering topics from lead generation, social media, raising money, creative financing, but we actually also have tons of like bonus material of people talking of amazing women <laughs> talking about strategies around land flipping and Airbnb in a box and much, much more. Exactly. And as we said, this is going to be an experience and we're going to have a pre-event for you guys to enjoy each other, accountability groups, live mastermind, and networking. So we are, we've thought about everything that you need, and we are putting everything in one day. So share with other women. Please share with other women that might benefit from being part of our community and part of this event. So all the information is going to be below. I will see you soon. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. We are so excited to have Susie Severe on our show here today. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing your time with us and all the women that listen to our show. So thanks for being here, Susie. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really, really excited to you know chat with you two and bring more value to your listeners. So this is absolutely fabulous. Wonderful. Well, that's that's what the theme is, right? As we bring on so many different women with different walks of life. It's all about... Um, what you know, uniqueness we view we have to bring in our investing journey, uh, or or business journey, or even self care journey, because those are the three key pillars that we'd like to serve women. To, because it's not just investing, right? So it's not a hobby. <laughs> we want you to run a business and run it like a business, even if it's you know micro or large, doesn't matter. And then also take care of yourself in the process so you can be your best self. So um, so thanks for being here, Susie. We always like to kick things off, right, Andressa, with something that's coming up for us, and we like to. Um, Share that with the women listening. Right? Exactly. I guess today is your turn. Yes, we take turns. <laughs> We're very polite most of the time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so today's my turn. Today is a very special day because tonight kicks off our second annual Investor Summit. And there's time to, uh, to, to get your tickets. So go over to therealestateinvestor.com slash level up. You do not want to miss this. But why I wanted all to share that was that I've been putting together our playlist. And people might be like, that's an interesting thing for one of the co-founders to be doing <laughs> is putting together the playlist. Like who really cares? I mean, I literally spent last weekend and it must've been most of Saturday handpicking what the, hell? the songs. <laughs> Not only what songs to play, but when to play them. Placement of the songs, upbeat, meaningful. And you might you might laugh, and I, the point of why I wanted to share this with, with all of you amazing women who listen is that it's really, really, I, I really enjoyed it, actually. It was very, very enjoyable for me to do because I, music is so important to me and how we feel and what we bring to the world. I like relaxing music in the morning. I like upbeat music when I run. I mean, I've been listening to our Investor Summit playlist like every time I've been running and I'm like, I love this playlist. Like I'm just so <laughs> excited by it. I'm like, it beats last year's playlist. But anyway, my point sharing that is to know where, where you, where, what brings you inspiration and music for me brings me inspiration. Different mood I'm in, I put dinner music on in the, on the like I literally have playlists for every moment of my day. Um, and I, I guess music is important to me. It's much more important than like TV. Not like, you know, my good Netflix show, of course. But 
I just, I'm, I'm inspired by music and I'm, I'm inspired by listening to like literally 25 women empowerment songs, right? You talk about, I'm like, I listen to it as I'm, you know, sending people emails. I'm like, I can do anything. But anyway, my point in sharing is where you, where you find inspiration. And if you don't know that, figure it out because then you'll be able to feel more inspired and help more people in your world, tenants, land, you know, whomever you're interacting with uh, on your investing journey. So that's what I have for you today. Yeah, I remember growing up, um, my dad, he usually, I don't know, remember those like black radio song, like cassettes? Oh, of course. Yeah. So he usually brought that inside the bathroom. Mm. So we, we took showers listening yep. to American songs, which <laughs> I didn't know anything Sometimes I hear an American song, an old one. I was like, oh, this is what it really means. Because at that time, I didn't know anything. But something with inside the bathroom and, and listening to music, that's where I get a lot of my ideas. You guys probably know when I get out of the shower, I just go and write, write. Something. I know because you sent me a text. <laughs> I text Liz just took a shower and she knows that and not a, an idea is going to come through. But the, the most important thing that, that I want you guys to get is that the summit is not going to be this boring thing that you're going to sit down and, and, you know, pound it through because it's just so painful to get that. We want to make sure it's an experience. It's interactive. You're going to be able to ask questions, getting in, in the mood. That's what the, the music is all about. So we kick off things off to things 7 p.m. today, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Wendy Papasan. It's going to be an amazing. I can't wait. I am excited myself to attend it. I need to remind myself that I'll be hosting it. But and then tomorrow all day long with different speakers, we have masterminds after the event. We have a 30 day investor challenge that we really prepare with all our heart. Uh, an accountability group. So you can't miss this event. It's our annual event. And I said this another day, and I'm going to say it again. There is a seat on the table that has your name on it. So claim it is yours. I don't care if you have no properties, one property, a hundred doors. I don't care. It's yours. You are worth it. It's yours. I'll see you tonight. Yes. <laughs> Love it. And get ready for some great music too that I spent at least six hours uh, putting together. <laughs> but um, without further ado, Susie, thank you so much for being here with us. And we always like to kick things off with the wonderful women that we get a chance to interview over the last three years. What propelled you to get involved in real estate investing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so actually what started my entire journey was COVID-19 and the lockdowns and like just a little snippet for the listeners. So I actually live in Cambridge, England, so I'm all the way across the pond. And so our lockdown was a little bit different than what some other people experienced. And with our first one, we had no clue how long it was going to last. You know, we were just told by the government, like you will no longer, I guess, go to your place for work and we'll update you every three weeks as necessary, you know? And we were like, um, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, like that's the conversation my husband and I are having. We're like, I have, I don't know what we're going to do. Right. Cause 
We don't have a TV just because we choose not to have one. And we could only go outside once a day to exercise and go to the grocery store. So we started a mini book club. And along the way, like the fourth book in, it was Multiple Streams of Income by Robert Allen. And Hmm. like a couple chapters in, it starts talking about real estate investing. And like, we just looked at each other and said, like, this is something we have to do. And that's really how the whole entire journey started. So walk us through from that point, what type of investments and how did you guys took the first step? Yeah. So the first step was because like, there's so much out there, right? You hear real estate investing. And for some people, you might just think, oh, like flipping, oh, one other version, you know, but there's a whole entire world out there. And we had no idea what that was. So it was initially Googling like podcasts on real estate investing and like what books were out there. And the first place that we found was bigger pockets. So through that, we took in like a lot of podcast time and like, eventually what we did was then we searched on Facebook and found Facebook groups that had to do with real estate investing. Right. Cause that was not, we didn't know that even existed. And through one of those groups, because my husband is active duty air force. And so that's even what brings us over here. So like he was naturally drawn to, you know, the military groups he posted in one and, you know, even that in itself was kind of scary. Cause it's like, okay, I'm asking a question. I don't know if anyone's going to answer. What if they don't, but through that, we actually got a lot of responses. And some people said like, oh, reach out to this person who's overseas or, hey, there's a conference coming up in like two weeks, you should attend it. And actually that conference that was referred to us was the first one we went to because we didn't even know conferences for real estate investing existed. And because everything was virtual, we knew that we had to absorb like what everyone was guiding us to, right? Because we had no idea how long it would last at that time. And through this conference, it was a veterans real estate investing conference. It talked about a huge variety, right? It talked about burrs, fixed and fix and flips, house hacking, multifamily, short-term rentals, you know, any kind of housing arbitrage, all of the above. And initially the two that stuck out were burrs and multifamily investing, but like not knowing a lot of what happened, we were like, okay, let's try the single family route first, because that's what it seems like everybody is doing, you know, like that seems safe. Cause at the time too, you know, still with multifamily, it seems huge, you know, like multi-million dollar assets. Like how do we take that down? You know, we don't know what's going on. And so we had like set up a team and everything to do burrs in the Midwest. And what I mean by that is because we're all the way over here, like we did a ton of interviews with property managers, a ton of interviews with contractors, realtors, because we knew that like deep down at the core, like the team had to be the strongest part of what we put together or else it might not succeed, right? We didn't want to go through the headaches of having to, you know, go through realtors, go through all of the above. And so really that's where we went, I guess, initially with Burrs. How did you guys select the market? Because also like where you are, you decided not to invest there. Yeah. No, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Um, let, me, let me pick far, far the furthest way possible. Yeah. So there were a couple of things that we were looking for. And this goes along with like the birds and the multifamily, but we wanted a city where like appreciation was not the main 
driver, just because for us, we wanted to make sure that we at least had cash flow coming in, which you can have everywhere. But like, we knew that eventually we wanted to get into multifamily. So like, there were a lot of pieces in that, but the market that we chose was Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I had actually lived there once upon a time. And so that's initially how we chose it. I mean, we had thought about Omaha, Nebraska. We thought about like a place in Wisconsin, but I was like, you know, like I can ask people for referrals here and know that the referrals are like legitimate. Right. And so that was initially how we chose the market, but then we had two properties under contract and something happened that we just did not expect to happen. And an inland hurricane went through the city. And what that did was take out like 60% of the trees. People didn't have power for like four or five, six weeks. So from there, we had to take a step back and just say to ourselves, like, well, what do we do now? Right. Cause I mean, even our property manager was, had said, I don't think that this city is going to be able to rebuild itself in the next year. And we're like, well, we can't wait for a year. Right. Cause you hear all the time, like you need to get into real estate yesterday or now, you know, it's never like, Oh, it's okay to wait. And so initially our goals were to have 25 single family homes, but we just said, Nope, we're just going to go straight into multifamily now. Like we will figure it out. And we just pivoted like our education, right? So before our podcasts and our books and our meetups were all guided towards, you know, I guess single family and what to do in that space. And then our meetups went straight to like multifamily and what people were doing there and conferences that had to do with multifamily and just different books that had to do with multifamily. Um, and through one of those conferences, because I think this is a pretty big piece that we went to, which is something I never really thought about. And it was identity. And what it was, was you need to have that identity shift in order to have people know that you're in real estate investing, right? Because in multifamily, because like, our method was um, like syndications was that you had to have a team, right? And we're like, okay, well, how do we build this team? What are we going to do, you know, and through that, we started posting on social media and we started saying, um, okay, we're now in multifamily space, right? Instead of like Michael being Air Force and Susie being in business, like we're getting into real estate because like with building a team, you have to know, like, and trust the individuals, right? Because you're going to be with them for a very, very long time. And we just, you know, that was just like something that you truly have to think about. And so through that, like, this is how we then picked the market for a multifamily was one of Michael's old classmates from the Air Force Academy had said, hey, I'm already in real estate investing, but I want to be in multifamily. Um, we should chat. And he initially was in Oklahoma city and we knew that Tulsa was a great market. So we're like, Hey, like you're super close. So let's just start there. And then that's how we chose our initial market for multifamily investing. That's a, that's a lot of pivoting you were doing at the beginning, (laughs) but you know, that's really helpful, right? Because so many people, you know, are committed to a goal and then they stick to the goal no matter what. And so what you did really well and really wonderfully is you listened and kind of said, okay, this may not be the right, the right fit for us. Let's, let's, and then you just didn't give up and you pivoted. 
Um, so you go to this conference, you have your, your husband's friend. So, so walk us through that. You're still new to the process, right? And multifamily, I, I've been involved in multifamily 15 years. And it's, you know, it's a process, right? You're not going to do everything on day one. It's just impossible. So walk us through that. What did that look like? He, he was new to multifamily. So were you, what was your next step to kind of uncover deals, obviously acquire a team, you know, walk us through that, that kind of next step. Yeah. And so once we like knew our market, like when we were going into new spaces, whether that been like a new meetup or a new conference, it, it was like, Hey, like I'm Susie. I'm an active syndicator all the way from Cambridge, England. And my market is Tulsa. Right. And so through there, we actually had introductions because it would be like, Hey, I know somebody else who's investing in Tulsa. You should chat with them. Or, Hey, I know somebody who's interested. Like, do you want that introduction? And then I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, this is amazing. And actually we organically met our mentor that way. And so we brought him on the team because he had all the experience, right? Cause I mean, even getting a bank loan, like the bank wants to know that you can actually just go on and, achieve your business plan that you had, right? They are not just yep. going to like give millions of dollars away, not knowing if you can actually complete the business plan. And so that was the next huge big step for us is just having that one introduction that changed everything. Cause then he could look over the underwriting and he could say, You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, like, oh no, do not think about this area at all. And by that time, we had actually already interviewed probably like five different property management companies. And the vibe that we were getting was just not there, right? It was, it felt very, very transactional. And like I said, 
at the beginning was like the team has to be like very, very strong in order for us to be able to do this from, you know, thousands of miles away. And what this mentor also provided, I guess, was a introduction to our property management company that we currently use that we absolutely like love and adore because it's been a conversation since day one. Like, yes, you can get these rents, but let's try it this way. And it's like our big thing too, is that we really focus on impact. And so I didn't want to have conversations like, oh, let's just renovate and push up rents. I wanted to talk about like our are you open to resident events? Are you open to working with residents who might need more handholding if it has to do with rent relief? Like, are you open to, you know, just exploring ideas of actually having relationships again with residents and the families who live in these communities instead of just acting like they are a check because they're not, right? Like the whole point is that we want to create a safe, like housing for them and we want to create a great community. And so those two next pieces, I guess, finding that mentor and then finding our property management company, who is, we truly believe is part of our team. We're like our next steps in the journey. Got it. So break it down for me, your, your first multifamily deal, uh, the structure of it and how you were able to find it and fund it. Yeah, absolutely. So we made an entire cover letter, I guess, to send to brokers, because again, like there are so many, there's so many of us as an investors, but not a lot of brokers. And so what we did was wrote down like our team, like what their background was, but then we also added like the lenders that we had been talking to and our property management team to show that we were serious. And on those calls, it wasn't just, Hey, I want deals. Like, do you have any deals? It was like, oh, I live in Cambridge. And then it would go to, oh my gosh, I love soccer. Like, who's your favorite team? You know, and then turned into just having conversations and calling them just to ask about their day instead of just calling them to be like, okay, do you have a deal yet? Do you have a deal yet? Right. Because again, like your broker has to be a huge part of your team because they advocate for you when it comes to the sale. And so we had been submitting LOIs. And so when it came to our particular property that we first closed on, it was with a broker that we had originally submitted an LOI with um, towards the beginning. And so he knew that we were serious. And he also knew that we were serious because when he sent us deals that we didn't like, I would email back and say, like, I'm sorry, this is not something we want at this time, right? The conversation wasn't just one way when it was something that I wanted. The conversation was very back and forth. And that was also very important. But so this first deal, it was on market. And initially when I got it, the financials were okay. And so we had went in toward the property. And when I say we, I mean the team that is over in the U S right. Cause over here, we were still in a lockdown and just our partner had said, this is something, this property is one of the better properties that I've looked at. And we're like, okay, cool. Like we'll keep looking at it then. So we got it in August numbers were okay. Got it in September. You could see the numbers trending up and it was like, okay, like it's getting some momentum, but it's not there yet. And then in October, it was finally stabilized. And what I mean by that was that the occupancy was 90% or and above. And from there, we were like, okay, it's trending up. Let's submit an LOI so that like by the time we closed, we have the opportunity to get Fannie or Freddie debt on it. And so that is what we did. So we ended up 
like after the LOI went through and going back and forth and the PSA, like being signed, I guess it went from August all the way to February, you know, 23rd. And that's when we finally closed. And it was a 88 unit in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And was that add value or? Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a value add. So we chose that because well, because of what was happening in the economy, right? I mean, nobody knew what was going to happen. I mean, even right now, there's a lot of like doubt, but we didn't want something that was super distressed because we did not want to have to oversee a lot of construction. Again, like we just wanted to try to create a risk profile that was not as intense from being all the way over here. So like within our business plan, beyond the traditional like renovations, we decided to add washers and dryers because that is not very invasive, but it adds a lot of value to the residents, right? Because they can stay in their home. They can just worry about putting their like, washing and drying their clothes and multitask instead of taking like the clothes and their family out to a laundromat and having to like, you know, almost waste an entire day. And that was like the big thing for us is was like, how we can, how can we impact the residents in a positive way by taking over this property and washers and dryers just seemed like a no brainer at that point. Susie, how many offers are made on the property? Who were you up against? How many people were you up against? So I'm pretty sure there were like 11 other offers. So it isn't, Tulsa is not like a super, super hot market. And that's something that we also like about it because it wasn't a ton of competition. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. 11 in this market is actually pretty low. <laughs> we have, we're selling a building. We have like 35 offers, right? That's psychotic. Okay. So you're new to multifamily. It's an 88 unit. It's technically your first project, right? Yeah. You and your husband. So, so that's a big deal. I mean, that's a, that's a really big deal, right? When I say big deal is that so many people, we put these limiting factors in like, well, we have to do this before we do this here. You're literally living in another country overseas. You're not, you didn't even see the property physically, correct? You, you, did you ever step foot there or did you? No, we haven't yet. So you're new to investing, literally, you haven't been studying for years or literally during COVID, you, you read what for the first book you read about investing was, was a year ago, just about, right? Mm -hmm. And then here you've pulled and orchestrated this team and mentor. How did you fund, how, how much, what was, how much money are we talking in terms of the project? Yeah. So the total raise was $1.75 million. And then the asset itself was $4.35 million. Okay. This is your first deal. Right. Yeah. Your first deal. So, that's so like people really that are listening going like, I'm going to start wholesaling and then I guess I'm going to buy a single family. So we are breaking the like the high I, ceiling here. Right. Susie, clearly you have a, a wonderful way about you. You're clearly going to call any broker and that's the sense I get. You're probably somebody who has no problem picking up the phone and making calls. And you said, I'm an active. The words you used five minutes ago, you said, I'm an active syndicator. That, that's a very confident statement. And you are an active syndicator. I'm not saying you're not. You are an active syndicator. But you have confidence to say that and a confidence to share that with people. And I love that because, you know, I think so many women undersell themselves and they, they build it up like I have to have all of this before I can have this conversation. And here you are again. I don't have to give the facts again. I love it. I just love it. And and you did some, you had a recipe though, you know, you, you did your homework, you, you built a team that you really, it sounds like you spent a lot of time building your team and you knew enough to build this team and, and vet them and then have a mentor, which is brilliant, quite honestly. 
you know, and I think I just I think that's wonderful. And I think it's I think you are showing a recipe, though, for other people. If you can do it overseas on your first deal and orchestrate this team, anyone can, in my opinion. Right. That That's like you're showing this wonderful path. So um, I think it's just awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really and, do. Thank you. And I mean, I even want to add, right. It took a lot. It wasn't just like the confidence was there. Like every morning, like I was writing down affirmations saying, I am an active syndicator. You know, I want my net worth to be this. I want to own this many units. And the more that I said it, the more that it just came true. Right. Cause even initially like getting on the meetup calls in itself was very nerve wracking, but it just came with practice that it all became easier. Like I wasn't just like, oh, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was a lot of just talking myself into it, but like seeing other people in the space who look exactly like me and hearing yeah. their stories and knowing that they were doing it meant I could do it too. And that also helped with the limiting beliefs immensely, you know, and then just giving myself permission saying that, why can't I do this? You know, this is something that I can do. There isn't anything stopping me except for myself from making the forward leaps of getting on the meetup calls, calling the brokers, reaching out to new people. Yes. If somebody doesn't respond, that's totally okay. Like it's not anything against me or you or anybody listening, right? It's just like moving on to the next, because with that consistency, like your goals that you want to meet will come true faster. How would you, people ask a lot about mentorship and, and that's a big topic in our community, right? You know, finding mentors. And I think about my, my path, right. And I'm like, God, it would have been a lot easier if we had a mentor early on, you know, a lot easier. And that's, I think a lot of the passion on Justin and I have for what we're doing here with, with the investor community, but everyone that can be a mentor is busy. Let's be frank. They're busy. Um, they need to see something in someone to mentor someone. They just do. They just don't sit around like looking for things to do. They're usually very busy people who are getting pulled and they want to give back and they want to support, but it has to be like that other person has to bring something to the table, right? We have a new mentorship thing that we're doing in our community where women are getting mentored from Andres and I for like a 15 minute clip. And, you know, we're having them send us an email and answer questions. If they don't do that, we're not mentoring them because they have to do something, right? We're not just going to be like, people have to step forward in order to get the support, right? We all have to do something to show up powerfully and, and, and for real. So I'm curious for, for this person you, that's part of your team that had the experience, the mentor, what, I don't know if you asked them this, but like what, you know, what was it for, for them to bring you on as a mentee? Because in order to find a mentor, right, we have to be good mentees. Um, and that's for all of us. So I'm just curious if that, what, what that kind of looked like, and, and that might be really helpful for the women listening. Oh, yeah, that was a, that's a great question. So initially after the first call, it was just like that feeling like, okay, I know that this person can bring value, but what value can I bring? Right. Because that's part of it. And mm -hmm. like, just listening to what their pain points were, I had to take a step back and say, okay, well, what can I provide with the pain points that he shared? And that's how it was. It was me just really actively listening, offering that, and then asking, you know, a week or two later, Hey, can we jump on another call to talk about real estate investing? And it was like, yeah, absolutely. And I think what it truly was, was the consistency. Like when the call was ended, what I said I was going to do, I did so that when I got on the next call, they could see that the momentum was going right. And even now, actually, because 
I have asked that question. And the answer was like, you just said what you did, what you said you were going to do. Right. Cause he had said a lot of people have come and asked me for help and I'll get on these calls, but nothing has happened from one week to the next. But with you two, everything just kept rolling and more progress was made. And so I knew that like spending my time with you would be worth it. And so that's how it happened. And just so I clarify, this is a known paid mentor, correct? Correct. Yeah. So just, just so you guys listening, thinking, oh, but is this a paid mentor or a no payment? So it is possible to find it. And I totally agree with you, Susie. What, what mentor's uh, job is not to motivate the mentee. It's quite the opposite, right? And I think that you nailed the head when you said that you did what you said you were going to do. This is so simple, but so rare. It's rare because many of us, right, when we commit to ourselves, that's why I, mean, I believe mentors are important because we sometimes quit on ourselves. We sometimes cancel our appointments with ourselves. But when we have a mentor and we commit to that, oh, there's no way in hell I'm going to commit to something with somebody else and not, not accomplish that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, not, not happening. So when you look back, share with us the top two or three lessons that you learned in that short period of time during the purchase of your first 88 units. So the lessons that I learned. Okay. So is to ask deeper questions. And what I mean by that is like for our capital raise, for example, like it was painful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like because we had no idea what, how it was gonna go, right? So we had talked to so many investors by this amount of time and we had hoped, you know, that when people said like, oh, like bank on this many people investing if you have this many people on your list. Mm -hmm. But while we were like taking in that information and making sure we had that amount of people, um, other people on our team were not. And so we didn't think to ask, like for example, say like I had asked how much money do you think you can raise? And the individual said $500,000. I didn't stop to think, and ask, well, why do you have that number in your head? How did you come up with that? Who have you been talking to? And mm. so now it's just really digging deep and it, sh it should just be something that you do and something that you're not scared to do because when you're at that stage or point in the acquisition, you don't want to feel what I felt. <laughs> and what I mean is that like, we, I didn't sleep, right? Because if you don't close- I was gonna just ask you that, like yeah. how you slept. No, yeah, I didn't sleep. And a huge part was I have, my investors trust me and they think I'm going to close this deal. So I now have to dig deep into like, every single individual that I've ever talked to in my entire life <laughs> and figure out how to make this close because that's just what you have to do. Yeah. And then I guess another lesson is 
just to know that although like I will never be a slumlord because I truly care about the families in the community that sometimes sellers are, do not take as good, I guess, do not take care of properties as I would. And so like after it closed and during takeover, I was just really amazed by, you know, just what had happened. And yes, the families there and the people there who are living in the community could, they can say any story, but the stories were very consistent. And just part of that, like broke my heart, knowing that there are people out there where it's all just about profits, 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 but we all are human and we're all people deep down. And that's more important than anything else for me. Love it. So this is probably coming inspired by our, our, our keynote. Uh, for tomorrow, Lisa Nichols, because every since we've interviewed her, I just keep having her words in my head of like, what is your next best self telling yes. you? And it's just, I have these literally these internal conversations in my head, which is actually not the best thing because I'm a little nutty. But anyway, <laughs> my question for you, Susie, is it's coming from that inspiration of our, of our amazing keynote who's, who's uh, speaking tomorrow, Lisa Nichols. Susie, a year ago, and Susie today, like what, who did you have to become to do what you've done, right? Because it's not a small feat. I will tell you that. Conscious you know, and I have been around the block a few times and your story is not just like, oh yeah, I can think of like 95 women like that. Like, like it's a really special story. So you had to be a different way to accomplish what you accomplished. It's not just the action you took, it's the way of being, right? We know that, but we don't always give that credit. So what qualities did you have to have for Susie to have achieved what she just achieved in the last year? Three top ways of being, because you, you had to have like stepped up your own, mm -hmm. who you were, right? Your quote unquote, best self as, as Lisa uh, calls it and stepping into that. So I'm just curious because you identifying that for the women listening can start being that way as well. So if that is their goal, that they want to jump into something bigger and they don't need to have like 25 years experience, then they can emulate those ways of being. The success leaves clues, not like out of, you know, the, the, the ether. So what were like the top three ways of being for you yeah, that I think you that, found essential? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I think the top one for sure was figuring out like my why, right? Because that's what drove me. And I want to say that it's essential because like we all get tired and we all get to a point where we're like, it's just too much. But when like, I found out that my why was bigger than myself, that's what motivated me. And I know that might sound, I don't want to say weird, but kind of, I guess, difficult to imagine, but truly like when you're doing something for more than just yourself, for me, it definitely motivates me. I think the second thing would be balance, right? Because when we go into this, it's like all in. I mean, with any entrepreneur, it's all in, all in, all in. This is all I focus on. But when you find the balance of home life and you find the balance of work and you find the balance of putting together your website, you know, if that's what you choose to do and putting together a team and interviewing contractors, like your life still stays very stable. So there are very chaotic moments within it all, but like when you're working on everything all at the same time, you just create this really great blend. So 
nothing gets left on the back burner, right? Because that's when a lot of high stress moments happen. It's like, oh my goodness, I've been working on this and I forgot about this. And this also needs to be done. But when it's all happening, you know, if you're just doing a little bit out of time, then it works completely. And then to even find that balance, right? A big thing for me was time blocking. And like, I literally just looked at my schedule every day and put in times where I was going to work on stuff because a huge thing was, and I even hear it now, right? Is that I don't have enough time to do this right now. And we all have that extra time, but it's doing that like internal audit and, you know, asking ourselves, oh, is this something I really need to be spending time on right now? Cause you'll find that you have an extra hour or a half hour, you know, two or three times in your day where you can get something else done. And I think that is huge, but you know, just remembering that through this all you become a better version of yourself. And although it may seem like difficult at the beginning, it is, it is truly all worth it. Like the longer you stay in it and the, you know, the better that you get at it. Cause with practice, that's when you become more comfortable and that's when everything starts to get easier and you become more confident. I love that. I love that. And I, you know, it's funny because people often will say, well, what, you know, help, what helps you go to the next stage? And it's that not giving up, obviously, you know, not, you didn't say that, but it, you know, it's critical. But what I love with your your story too is that you had all these, you got into something that relied on other people and other people's money. And when you go down that path, there isn't turning back, right? It's not just, oh, we're just going to lose our own money. Like it's a whole different ball of wax, really, quite honestly. And, and it's additional pressure, I'm sure, like your sleepless nights, but it also brings you to a level where you're like, we're figuring this out no matter what. And I feel like I've been there multiple times. You know, and I think that is the reason, right? Because you have other people that's relying on you and mm-hmm. you're a steward of their money and you're a steward of their trust. And that's like top, right? So I love your story. I can't wait to see what you do next. So uh, I know you have another hundred unit happening and a lot of neat stuff happening. So thank you so much for being on here today. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you and follow follow your story along here? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. So Because I know that there are active investors out there and passive investors out there, I do have two guides available. And for the active investor, it is a checklist. And what I did was like went through all of the emails from taking down the first multifamily acquisition and just distilled it, right? And so just to give some people like a reference of what, like the steps that you have to take, you can find that at adventurousrei.com forward slash checklist. And then for the passive investor, I just created a guide and it is how to passively invest from anywhere in the world. And you can find that at adventurousrei.com forward slash guide. And my website, you can always find me there, which is adventurousrei.com. And then I actually just did launch a podcast and it's called The Adventures of a Real Estate Investor. And what the whole premise is, is that like I bring on you know, industry experts. And we just discuss the impact that they're making in their communities, whether that's with themselves, their family, or, you know, in different countries while leveraging real estate investing. That's wonderful. All this information guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Susie, is what's the most transformational book have you ever read? Well, that's a great question. So for me, it was who, not how. 
just reading that. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. I literally just started opening. I opened it last evening. That's a great one. You'll love it. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you did to create a financially free and balanced life? No, absolutely. So that would have to be meditation and affirmations every morning because that clear mind and then saying my affirmations right after just affirms that this is something that I can do. Awesome. And the last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Oh, that's a great one. You know, and I would actually just have to say my grandma, um, just on my dad's side, she's just somebody I loved very, very deeply and just her love and her passion for life inspires me every day. Awesome. That's wonderful. Susie, thanks so much for being on our show. Thanks for sharing your story with us and, and all the women listening and can't wait to hear your next step. So, uh, just appreciate you being on with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I was so happy to be here with you two today. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.